welcome to Originality, the show where we explore the roots of creative genius and talk to geniuses about what they do and why they are and how they explore all things creative. We're your hosts, Aline Sims, my pronouns are she, her, and Kay Tempest Bradford, whose pronouns are she, her. And today it's just us, no guest. No guest, because because we have something very important to talk about. Something that has affected all of us deeply. <laughs> Feel it in your Twitter. soul. Yeah. The death of Twitter. Rest it's in peace, Twitter. It's not quite dead yet. As of this recording, it's not quite dead yet. But who, boy, that I I see the I see the garbage fire getting closer. Um, yeah. <laughs> but more specifically, we're not actually here to talk about uh, Twitter going away because. We're not a tech podcast, but one of the things that I have found very interesting in watching, you know, people react to the train wreck that is Elon Musk and Twitter is a lot of people being like, oh, no, like my how am I supposed to, like, get people to contribute to my Kickstarter? How am I supposed to tell people about my short story that's out? How am I supposed to tell people about my great art and find art jobs and and even, and this kind of surprised me, people saying, oh, no, but, like, I have been totally inspired by Twitter before, and I have written things based on things that I said, saw on Twitter, da-da-da, and, like, how will that ever happen again if Twitter goes away? Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, because, so I've been on Twitter for, I don't know, teen years some teen years um i have this podcast because of twitter i know you because of twitter i met my best friend on twitter you know like i understand the sadness and loss that people are feeling i understand the mourning um but <laughs> to quote the great Battlestar Galactica. Um, well, maybe paraphrase. All of this has happened before <laughs> and it will happen again. You know, yeah. it's um Twitter wasn't going to last forever. <laughs> what? I know. Yeah. Nothing lasts forever. And so, yeah, today we're just going to talk about like what you do when you feel like your creativity or parts of your creativity sort of depend on something that's outside of you. And then what happens when that thing outside of you goes away in the most spectacular fashion. Yeah. Ever witnessed by humans on this planet. Um, yeah, it's been. <laughs> so tell me, Aline, um, tell me about a time when you have felt like Twitter has contributed to your creative brain or creative life. Well, I think it's really interesting. I think that there are a couple of things, um, a couple of ways that Twitter has helped with my creativity. And so the first one is, I think we've talked about this, um, how having constraints um, can really help with creativity and Twitter's character limit, um, initially 140 characters and now more than that, um, really helped me kind of rein in my thoughts and make them compact and easier to digest. And I think that um, especially in my career as a technical writer, that was really beneficial to be able to start with my broad thoughts and then edit that down into something more condensed that would fit the technical requirements of Twitter. The other thing is it's like this big idea aggregator, I guess. It's... um a whirlpool of thoughts and ideas. And I think that that has been both beneficial 
to me and other people and detrimental to us as a society. Um, But Twitter made it really easy to take not even someone's fully formed thought, not their tweet storm, you know, one of 793 tweets or whatever, but it helped me think about what I thought and what I believed and not just fully formed ideas from other people, but snippets of ideas from other people. And I think that that has had a huge influence on making me the person I am today for better or worse. And, um, I think that's the big thing. I know a lot of people, um, would follow accounts like historical accounts, maybe, or mycology accounts or, uh, horse facts, not that horse facts, but the, you know, other like real horse facts. Um, and they would they would get ideas for stories or paintings or you know whatever from um actual real world things that they learned on twitter and um i i get why its implosion is difficult if that is what like your sole way or your primary way of getting ideas. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I know I've written blog posts based on things that I've seen on Twitter, like tech oriented stuff. Um, so it is, it has been helpful to me because you know what people are talking about, what they're thinking about, what they're interested in. So if you're trying to build a following which I've never really like intentionally tried to do. But if you're trying to do that and you want to have kind of your fingers on the pulse of um, the topic du jour, then, you know, Twitter was awesome for that. Yeah, there was a time when I felt like being on Twitter was was very invigorating, Um, especially like, looking at art because um when i started playing the picture game again because i had stopped for a long time but one of the things that made it easy was being like i'm just going to go through portfolio posts on twitter and look for really cool images um that i'm inspired by or i can add to my little folder that i that i use for inspiration so you know stuff like that is really cool but i guess that i never saw twitter as like a primary place wherein my creativity was sort of latched. Um, The biggest change that I had to sort of make my shift in thinking with Twitter was going from treating it like public instant messaging, because that's what it felt like at the very beginning. We were all just like IMing, but like in public. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it turned into like, this is a thing that I have to use in order to promote my classes or now to promote my book, right? And that changed like my whole relationship to the whole thing. But um but yeah, like I I definitely empathize a lot with the people who are like, oh no, but Twitter, right? Like this is where this happened to me and this is where this happened to me and like these good things. I got my book deal because of Twitter. I got, you know, this, whatever, right? But like I think about that, but then I also think about how those things were, were happening when we still had blogs. Like mm-hmm. John Scalzi's entire career, if I remember this correctly, is because he put his book that like no agents wanted to pick up or whatever, he put it on his blog. And then an editor from Tor was like, I like this book. I'm going to buy this book. Now he's John Scalzi, right? And so in that way, I mean, and not that John has given up his blog because he is one of the few people that I know yep. who has been on his blog regularly since time immemorial. You will never get rid of John Scalzi and his blog. Um, but But yeah, like when there was less emphasis on blogs. I'm sure there are people who are like, but dang it, I got that book deal because of that blog post that I wrote. Right. Or when, um, Friendster went away, 
when MySpace went away and all the musicians were like, oh no, how will we reach the people now? Right. And I like, it's weird because I never wanted to be the kind of adult who would be like, back in my day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here we this are. Whole, this situation has turned me in, in, into an adult who's like, listen, it, this seems like it's the end of like, you know, it, it feels like the end of a thing, but we've been around for too long. We have seen too many things. We have old logins from too many social networks that no longer exist. Or if they do exist, you're like, how is that still up? And why does my login still work? I haven't changed that password in 27 years. Right. Um, and I just keep thinking like, yeah, it's all about to change. But thank goodness it's all about to change because not all, but most social media right now, I feel is really detrimental to being creative. I don't know if you feel the same way. I have noticed, especially in probably the last six or seven years, which feels like an eternity, social media has not been fun. You know, like the early days of Twitter, the early days, even... I mean, the early days of Facebook owning Instagram, um, the early days of, I don't know, insert social media here. I, I think Tumblr has uh, managed to stay pretty true to its roots and its weirdness. But like, especially like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even TikTok, I just, I just don't look at it anymore. Uh, I don't choose to go and subject myself to the things I'm seeing because it is not even a fire hose. It is a ruptured water main of despair and depression and why the world is bad and how everything is unfixable. And I would find myself after reading the posts and especially the way that I use Facebook is for people that I know in real life. I, that has just been the thing that I've done with Facebook. And, um, I come from a very red, um, place. I think over 90% of voters voted for Trump um, in 2016, well, probably 2020. Um, and that is in no way aligned with my thoughts, feelings, and values. And I just couldn't go there anymore. Twitter has become for me all about political ideology and how the world is falling apart. And, Instagram now is so when they introduced the algorithmic timeline, that was detrimental to my experience. And then when they started inserting like they're pushed to video and they're inserting people's videos into my feed that I've never heard of, like because you liked your friend's post and your friend is a social media influencer. I'm going to show you posts from other social media influencers. And I'm like, I don't. I don't want that in my life. So I, I don't check social media much anymore. I don't read social media much anymore. Twitter for me was really a place to put my random ADHD thoughts. That's how it's been for the last several years. I used to use it for um, activism and i don't i don't do that anymore as my health has kind of deteriorated i just haven't had the energy to do that and so i've really pulled back and yeah it's just a place for me to be like um hey here's this random funny thought i had oh by the way your stuff should be accessible um you know and we need prison reform but like um it's not a place that i have gone to for community in a very, very long time. It's not a place I've gone to for um, that idea aggregation in a very, very long time. And, oh, and dopamine. I go there for dopamine. 
I post the funny thing. People give me likes. It feels good. You know, like I appreciate that. But um, it's really just been a way for me to have a a one-to-many relationship with people. Yeah. And the nature of the relationships that we have, the one-to-many relationships also, like, keep changing in weird ways um, as, like, social networks evolve. I mean, you know, in reading a lot of the moratoriums, I guess, on Twitter, and everybody's like, well, it shouldn't have been like this anyway. And Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, they tricked us into the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, they sort of tricked us. Um, Like, can't, that dopamine is real. Mm. (laughs) And so you can't discount it. But at the same time, um, I also kind of feel like, well, yeah, but we kind of let them do that, right? I mean- and then it got to the point where they don't even want to listen to their users, which are just like, wait a minute, but isn't this for me? Because like that whole Instagram thing where like they keep putting videos that are not by people who you know or whatever, like it's a major sort of shift in idea of what Instagram is supposed to be, which is like find some content. And I'm like, yeah, that's cute. If I want to just find some random content, I will be on TikTok. But over here on Instagram, I would like to see the post from my friends. And and the fact that that's so hard right now to just see the post from your friends, you're just like, oh, yeah, everything has changed about how we are interacting with this. And like even the people who are being creative on social media, like, well, sometimes I'm just like, this is so awesome and beautiful. And other times I'm just like, this is so awesome, but it only works for TikTok, like I want you to have more success beyond just these, the TikToks. But I think that like each time a new social media comes along, I think that one of the good things about it in terms of creativity is how those social medias can like push us to create in different ways. I think the first time we really saw that, like a, a whole new kind of like content emerge that was actually creative was Vine, right? Like how many times did like we uh, we see like Vines and they went viral and people were doing like really interesting things. And I think like I resisted getting on TikTok throughout all of 2020, even though like that's where everybody was flocking, right? But the thing that ended up getting me on TikTok was somebody reposting a video from there to Twitter. And how do I even describe this? It was like, and this was back when I think a minute was the hard upper length of a TikTok video. So this had to have been under a minute or under where this guy throughout is playing the piano and he keeps cutting back and forth. And it's like the story of a potato and the, the guy and the potato are like fiercely devoted to each other. But then the potato police come to the door and they're banging on the door And the potato is like, you have to save yourself. And there's like a cardboard box that says potato machine on it or something. And the potato is like, save yourself. It's going to be okay. He's like, no. Well, what about you? And she's like, no, go and do the things that we always talked about doing. Learn how to play the piano, do this, whatever. So then like, eventually what happens is like the, like the guy goes into the potato machine and he gets turned from a human to potato and the potato goes into the machine and gets turned into a human. And then at the very end of it, the potato, the guy who had been taken away as a potato shows up at the front door. And then like, that's the end. And like, that was a really bad explanation of a brilliant video. It was, it's a good video. <laughs> I'll see if I can, no promises, but I'll see if I can find it for the show notes. <laughs> so, and I was just like, what the heck is going on over there on TikTok? That like, because that was brilliant. And, and of course, like, as I'm describing to you the story of this man and this potato who are truly dedicated to each other, you're like thinking like, what? Like, this doesn't make <laughs> like, come on, Tempest. But at the same time, like watching that video, like, nope, if anybody had ever said to me that you would be emotionally invested in this potato and this man and the piano and the things, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? That sounds ridiculous. And now I was like, it took a minute and I was invested. Give this man an Oscar. Yep. Right. And so I love that about social media platforms that like have that creative element built in. Um, Or it's not necessarily built in, but like 
it, it allows for the possibility, right? Like we make fun of a lot of people for like all of their Instagramming of their food and whatever, like a whole bunch of people learned how to take really good pictures Yep, getting on Instagram and like trying to impress people or whatever. And like, hey, there's more pretty pictures in the world of people and stuff and, and pets. So many pets, right? All of that is a net good. And like I have seen other brilliant short things on TikTok that sort of amaze me at the, you know, the level of creativity that goes into what people are doing on there. But in the end, like, is all of your best creative material going to end up on a server somewhere that's going to get shut down when Joe Biden accidentally stumbles over the the cord as he's like trying to figure out whether or not TikTok is safe in America, right? Like who let him in the basement? <laughs> so so yeah, it's like you know, TikTok is so ethereal, right? And like even if you try to save up all of your best videos, like out of context, is somebody really going to be watching those videos <laughs> in 10 years? I mean, like, no, because there's going to be something else that we're going to be looking at instead of like 10 year old TikTok videos. But it makes me, it makes me sad that that is true, that it's so ephemeral, but it also makes me really happy that there are all these people on TikTok creating art. Like whether the art is the TikTok video that they made that was very entertaining or or has, you know, some storytelling that has really touched people, or whether it's them showing off their art or how they make their art. Um, you know, all of that I love, but at the same time, I also want to, like, grab all of these children <laughs> and be like, do not put all your eggs in this basket. Please don't. Like, please don't make this, like, how you think that you're going to make money, because... The the truth of social media and the internet is that if if somebody else owns it, somebody else can take it away from you at any time without any warning and cut you off from all of your money if you are only doing the thing like in this one place, right? And and so like I always feel whenever somebody's like, oh no, like such and so is going away. It's going to ruin everything for me. I want to like hug them and be like, baby, it wasn't supposed to be your everything. Like it can be one of your <laughs> things, but like, don't make this your everything. But they, they want to. So Auntie Tempest. <laughs> I've moved it to my auntie phase where I'm just like, no, baby, no, don't do it. Right. So. And but at the same time, I'm just like, well. But how do you. How do you determine that? Like, how do you determine if the social network of choice is actually a detriment to your creativity or if it's a boon to it or or how not to let it, like, absorb all of you, I guess? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the question, right? Because I think that Twitter was so stable for so long. You know, like they've tried things that mostly haven't worked, but they've tried things. But like the core of Twitter and what it is has been stable. It's a place where you can go write short thoughts and potentially share them to a lot of people. And they've added, you know, video support and stuff too. But at its core, it was a text-based medium. You know, nobody's out there trying to make Twitter TikTok, except Twitter, but, you know. <laughs> and, you know, like, before Twitter, in the long, long ago, like you said earlier, there was Friendster, which I'd actually completely forgotten about. Um, there was MySpace, which does still exist, uh, arguably. Um there was live journal, you know, and then, you know, live journal also imploded in a, a blaze of glory. Um, some people still use it. Uh, I'm thinking of like George R. R. Martin inexplicably still blogging on live journal. Um, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but 
we knew what Twitter was. We'd never had that stability with Facebook. We never had that stability with Instagram. And because it has existed for so long, I feel like people, the people who relied on it, um, like me, like I'm definitely in this, this camp, but the people who relied on it just kind of felt like it was foundational to the internet. Um, even though it was foundational to their experience of the internet, you know, that, that last qualifier didn't really sink in for us. And, and that's going to happen again, you know, whatever the next thing is, whether the next thing is text-based or not, whether TikTok is now the next thing, I don't know. People are going to flock to something, um, or an individual is going to be, um, attracted to something and they're going to hook all their hopes and dreams on that thing again, um, without realizing what they're doing. And I think it's because we crave comfort. Like we, we like to know what to expect and also we're all burned out. So we don't want <laughs> five things to be our comfort. We want one thing to be our comfort. So how to recognize if you're getting too reliant on a single platform is incredibly difficult. And I think that we're seeing, or I'm seeing at least, people go in two ways with this. They're either like, nope, completely off of anything that's not on my own servers. Part of that is because, you know, I'm, I'm a tech, technical-oriented person. I know a lot of developers. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I'll just boot up this Raspberry Pi and make it my server. Um, I maybe don't make Raspberry Pi it's the server for all of your hopes and dreams. But, like, um, you know, it's just... We're seeing people. I'm seeing people go that route where it's like, if it's not on my blog, if it's not on something that um, is mine, where I control the infrastructure, then I'm just out. And then I'm seeing people go the other way where they're like, okay, Mastodon's the new Twitter. I'm all in on Mastodon. And there are a slew of problems with that. Um, and I say that as someone who is treating Mastodon like I treated Twitter, like, because it's not, it was never for anything that I thought needed to stick around forever, you know? Um, but a lot of people are like, okay, this is, this is my new place. Co-host is my new place. Micro.blog is my new place. Hive, if it ever comes back again from the ashes, don't make it your new place. But like some people, like, especially I saw a lot of comic book writers and artists who were like, Hive is where it's at for me. And I think that that's the first thing is like, think about, think about, just observe without judging. I'm going to get all meditation. -y. Observe without judging where, where you're getting ideas. Like if you're looking at, for me, Mastodon and noticing, oh, well, I get, I get thoughts for blog posts from Mastodon, but I don't get it from any other experience. Then maybe time to stop and think about that a little bit. But it's a it's a hard question. What do you think, Tempest? Well, sometimes I feel like all of social media is the devil and yeah. so that everybody should run away from it. But that's not actually helpful. <laughs> and also... It's not 100% true. Um, not all social media is the devil. But I do agree that, like, looking at how how you relate to different spaces, especially when you are going to new spaces, like, say, like, we've decided we're going to Mastodon, we're going to this, we're going to that. Um, a lot of people are, like, sort of reinvesting in social networks that they kind of let slide. I know I have been posting way more on Instagram lately because... Instagram feels like my last happy place, but that's until they change the algorithm again. Don't do it. Mm. And I think that the thing that I really want, especially creative people to think about as they're thinking about going to new social networks or sort of reinvesting in older ones that they let fall to the wayside is to think about the fact that having everything sort of all in one place, centralized social media, 
seemed like a really great idea. And as you were saying earlier, Lean, like it's easy, right? It's much easier than sort of not decentralized, but or, or not centralized, which is decentralized. And but then that like it causes the problems that we're seeing now, right? And I just really think that it's so important for creative people to diversify like in a lot of different ways, right? You want to diversify your income, you want to diversify your skills. And I think that diversifying where you choose to spend your time online is going to be like a really important question that creative people have to ask themselves as it pertains to like what feeds their creativity. You know, even though it's kind of a pain in the butt, I'm like, everybody just needs to like scatter to their own forums, right? Because like, one of the things I, I heard, like a person who does um, visual art, is they were saying, like, you know, it's going to be really hard because artists they would put up their portfolios, and like a lot of people who hired artists for like game work or for this kind of work or covers or whatever would see your portfolio on Twitter, and then that's how you would make that connection. And then there was like this mentoring, and there's all these things, right? Like, there's a million things that you could that could all happen on Twitter depending on like what you know arc of the creative circle you're on, right? But that's not great as we're seeing because when the social network goes down, it's like, oh no, what we do, right? But also, yeah, like being in enclaves, you know, the I guess the the big bad buzzword of, you know, earlier times was it's like, oh, you're in an echo chamber. But all an echo chamber is actually is just an enclave. Like it's not really an echo chamber. Being inside of enclaves um, is usually good for creativity, period, right? And so instead of like being on Twitter with all the things, you could be in the forum with other visual artists. And like maybe the point of the forum is just for artists to like talk to each other and ask each other questions and trade secrets and, and you know, look at each other's work. Right. Um, And then there's a separate forum for where you go to like be in conversation with, you know, art directors and people who are hiring and whatever. And like, that's the purpose of that forum. And then you have a different thing that you go to. Maybe it's a discord, maybe it's a Slack where you're just like talking to all your friends who love anime. Right. And like some of them do do art, but like over here, we're talking about anime and it's like, it feels like it's too many things, right? When you put it like that, but having different enclaves, like it, I think it it helps with creativity for one thing. And also it stops like some of the problems that, you know, were ongoing with Twitter all the time. Like, do you really want your whole professional existence to rely on whether or not you have been careful about your tweets? Yeah. No, but like, that is a situation for so many people, right? Up until very recently. Um, and, you know, if you are like constantly just worried about, you know, getting a job or getting noticed or whatever, are you having any fun on Twitter? Like, where's your space to go to have fun, right? And I, I really feel like we were somewhat better off. We were a lot better off when social networking was less centralized. Um, or even like, you know, one of the things you brought up was live journal. One of the great things about live journal was, is that there are all these communities and you could go and be in that community, but that community was separate from like the blog that you had and the people that you followed and talked to and the people who followed you and whatever. And like, you know, obviously they might be able to like see what was in your community, but like there were spaces to talk about other things. And so it wasn't just always like, like all the time. Right. And I felt like, I was more creative when we were all on live journal. <laughs> I'll say it. Um, and I have been starting to like rebuild up my places where I want to be um, as a creative person because of me noticing like this thing about the centralization, right? I could never have like gotten through the last few years without my group chat, right? And that's like me and the people in my group chat. I also belong to a Slack where it's all just writers. We're all BIPOC writers of science fiction and fantasy and horror. And what's great about that is that we all know that we are in there together as writers. 
So if somebody is an editor, but they don't write, if somebody's an agent, but they don't write, they're not in our group, right? Because we are, you know, we're talking about writing. And even though some people in the group are, you know, they they do editing or they work for whatever, the way that we all relate is as writers. And we need that. We need that space to be able to not only just like talk about writing, but like talk about the things that frustrate us about the publishing process and talk about things that frustrate us in our communities and whatever. And that is harder to do in a large group if you know that somebody who might like make a decision about buying your book is also in the group, right? Like then that changes the whole dynamic of how you relate to people. So I think it's important to have enclaves, to have communities, to have places where you can be silly and be fun and say, you know, just the things that you would say between your friends while also having spaces where you can connect with other creative people and also having spaces where you can connect professionally with people. Like, and I think that it is okay for those spaces to be separate spaces. Yeah. One thing I've observed about myself in the last probably like six months or so is that uh, I don't talk much in like Slack communities and Discord communities. I am much more comfortable in the parasocial relationship where like people are reading what I write and I don't interact with them a whole lot. And since the Twitter stuff has started to really go down, um, I've been thinking a lot about how to reconcile that. Um, Because I am very... People who read my tweets or people who like now follow me on Mastodon, I share stuff that would be really hard for other people to share. I talk about my anxiety. I talk about um, health issues I'm having. I talk about, you know, that kind of thing. But for me, that's all surface level stuff. I don't, I don't talk about stuff that's not surface level. I don't talk about like my deep thoughts and feelings and fears and whatever. And I'm not good at people. I'm just, I'm fundamentally, I'm not great at people. And since I have been um, like physically, socially isolated for people since early 2020, that's gotten even worse for me. And so trying to figure out how to be more present in more personal communities is is front of mind for me lately um, because there can be a vulnerability there that was n- that is never present for me on social media because I very highly curate what I talk about. Like people might be surprised. Like people think that I'm open, but I am not. I'm not open on social media. There's a lot of stuff I don't talk about. And, um, Yeah, uh, I just wanted, I guess I just wanted to put that out there because I know a lot of people have been really um, kind of burrowing into their their Discord and Slack communities and enclaves, um, and I have not. And if you have not, like, you don't necessarily have to do that, um, but maybe it's something that you need to figure out for yourself, too. Also, I hate Discord's user interface. And I really struggle to use it. So there's also that. Yeah, Discord is a weird one because it's it's also just public IMing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that is really the way it feels. But like this, you can't scroll back for th- like you can, but like the scroll back is sometimes it's too much. And I'm like, well, I missed all of that, so I'm just gonna pick up this conversation right here. And like it sort of goes against all my instincts to be like, no, 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 I have to like go back to the I beginning to and read all. all the things. Right. Um, which is I should get out of that habit because that went away with live journal. Like the last time I came to the end of the internet was on a live journal. And I was like, Oh, I've read everything. Oh no. What will I do? Like that hasn't happened. Like Facebook is like, no, there's no end to this. Let's go. Yep. Oh no. And there's no end to things on Twitter. I don't even try. 
with Twitter to keep up with whatever. Um, but yeah, like there are a lot of people who are like way more comfortable with having whatever social media they do be like just broadcast, right? Like I, I'm going to tell you things and like, you might be able to comment back to me, but I don't actually want to have a whole conversation with you necessarily. Right. And I think that as these big shifts come and like how people are using social media and which ones are going to, there are going to be some social medias where that's much easier, right? Like for people who just want to broadcast, but not necessarily like build a whole community in these online spaces. Um, it, it just depends on, you know, what's going on with which platform and which platforms make that easier or harder. Um, because yeah, like that, that was a way one could be on Twitter. One of the many ways one could be on Twitter, which is, you know, that gets to the point where there were lots of ways to be on Twitter, which whichever way you were on Twitter is like what maybe you continue to want in life from your social media, but maybe the way things were on Twitter you do not want because you were like, that was horrible. I only did that because everybody else was doing it. Yep. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's okay to feel sad about Twitter and the way things are going. Um, but I think that there's also, if you let yourself, there's room for optimism too, because nobody in the year 2000, some of you might not remember the year 2000, I try not to, but like in the year 2000, Twitter was not anything anyone could conceive of. Nobody, nobody in 2000 thought that we were going to walk around with computers in our pockets that were capable of taking photographs that were of higher quality than professional level photos. Well, I mean we won't get into negatives and slides and like whatever, but like, you know, it, it, it was, it was completely inconceivable that any of what we are lamenting today would ever exist. That doesn't take away from us lamenting what we're losing, but it is something to remember because the next thing or the next things, hopefully that we flock to from which we draw inspiration are going to be completely different than anything we probably envisioned. And I think that we're feeling a vacuum right now. Those of us who really re relied on Twitter anyway, are feeling a vacuum. Um, but it's not going to be forever. These problems that we are facing are not insurmountable. And I do want to acknowledge things like crowdsourcing, um, medical fundraisers, um, transition care for people, um, support and community for uh, people with disabilities. I know for Mastodon, um, anybody who's not white has faced a lot of trouble. Um, so like, like, I know that there are things that Twitter still does for people, and they're very fundamentally important. But I do believe that we will find new ways to do the things that Twitter accomplishes now. Um, and it's just it's it's going to take a minute to figure it out. And, you know, like. In the meantime, just like. Don't don't despair. Like it's um it it will be okay. On an infinite time scale, it will be okay. Um it's worrying right now for people who rely on their income and it feels bad. Um, but it's gonna be okay. It will be okay. I also agree. And I think that hopefully what happens is is that people find their different enclaves that, you know, they want to be in and that are welcoming um, to them. And also that people are going to be able to really see how, maybe how much energy Twitter or other social networks were taking out of them and how that may be changed depending on 
what social network they end up on or if they end up in, you know, forums or or in more group chats with friends. I'm hoping that it will cause a lot of people to just really think differently about the way that we have been doing social networking and the path that we can now just blaze if we want to going into the future and how we as creative people are going to be able to relate to these things. Plus, you know, I'm just really looking forward to when we get to the point where more people are actually connecting than they are like, I don't know, fighting about things. Um, I mean, not that I haven't fought with people on the internet about things. I'm famous for it. <laughs> but also like I've spent a lot of time connecting with people as well. And like the the fighting, I do less of that and more of the connecting definitely now. And I'm also like one of the things I know that I get worried about as a creative person on the internet where I'm like, oh no, who's gonna, how will people know about my book and my crowdfunding or all the things, right? Is that there, we also need to have a really big shift in how creative people can, can promo themselves without having to like, just do all these ridiculous things, which I feel like the ridiculous things started with social networks, like having to do ridiculous things to get attention. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I feel like it started with Twitter and Facebook. And so I, I mean, I feel like I would love for there to be a Mastodon instance that was just people promoing their creative stuff. Cause I'd be like, yes, I got to go over there. Cause I got to find out what book I'm going to read, what video game I'm about to play. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I doubt that a Mastodon instance like that could, could work, but yeah, just coming up with, with different ways for like us to know about what's going on and for creative people to be able to like, let us know without it having to be a giant rigmarole or cost uh 5,000 million billion dollars. Yeah. Or the time investment just for putting together, you know, you need an Instagram story for your book. I mean, you know this better than I do. Instagram story for your book and Instagram posts for your book and the Twitter promo stuff. And you need images for all of that. And you need promo text but it has to fit these different formats and it needs to appeal to the different audiences across the different platforms. And, you know, it's, um, it's a job, right. On top of your, whatever your creative thing is creating content for your creative thing is a job. Like I love, uh, as much as I don't like Instagram, I do really like the process videos that people post, whether they're like potters and ceramicists or, glass blowers or writers or like whoever sharing about their processes and and posting how-to videos and whatever. I love that stuff, but it's also another job for them to do on top of the thing that's making them money. And I would love for that to not be the case, for the work to be the work they're doing and the promotion to be something that doesn't take an additional 40 hours a week. Yes. So we're looking forward to the future, I guess. I mean, I'm still in in the, um, this is uncomfortable. I'm sad because a long time ago, I forged a lot of relationships via Twitter. It hasn't happened recently, really. But I genuinely believe, like, we have to. Like, what's the alternative? We can't curl up and die because Twitter's going away. We just have to figure it out. Yeah. And don't worry. Like, we will always still be creative, even without Twitter. We will always still be able to get the job or that gig or that book contract or whatever it is, even without the Twitter. I promise you. Yeah, it'll work out. It will. Yes. Go to Tumblr instead. That's where everybody. That's where all the cool kids are going. They're going to Tumblr. I have people actually following my Tumblr account, which is basically non-existent. Like I've reblogged some knitting things and some pet videos, and that's it. So, so I'm like, clearly, the, what the should happen now? Found me. What should happen now is there should be. Everybody should go to Aline's Tumblr. What's your Tumblr, Aline? I have no idea. I think it's Aline Mean. 
I'm pretty sure. I think sure. mine is ktempest.tumblr.com. Yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know. Yeah, I, we're gonna. We, we're apparently gonna we, find <laughs> out because that's that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get creative on Tumblr. Um, after this episode, like that is that's where it's gonna be at. Something. Yeah, we've got to retool our entire outro, which we didn't talk about because, uh, it's like between now and the next episode, we'd love to know what acts of creativity you're committing. So ping us on Twitter. And it's like, wait, no, I don't know about all that. <laughs> you can, well, I, you can find me on Instagram. I'm K Tempest Bradford on Instagram. And Aline, who are you on Instagram? I, uh, Aline mean, it's A L E E N M E A N on Instagram. Although I mostly post to stories and it's mostly knitting related. Just that's okay. Saying. Um, I'm also, like I said, I'm active on Mastodon. You can find me there. Um, I'm at Aline at wandering.shop. Um, I tweet it, I treat, I tweet it like I did Twitter. <laughs> so it's me posting randomness. Yes. Um, anywhere else you want to talk about Tempest? Well, I'm I'm also at Tempest at wandering.shop um because i'm in that mastodon as well and yeah that's that's basically where i'm at right now um yeah. gonna try to get into the tumblers mostly i'm just i really want to drag everybody off of facebook onto tumblr and be like just come over here with your it's, terrible links like it's much weirder and much nicer it's much better it's much yeah. better all right well tell us somewhere yeah. on some social <laughs> network somehow how you are being creative in different places and not only on social media yeah and because we would love to have a conversation with you not on twitter though yeah no I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm still checking twitter i didn't delete my account i'm still checking it but i'm not reading it i'm not i'm just basically looking for mentions yep yeah that's how it is all right well in the end days on that fun note whatever you're doing and however you're being creative we're still cheering you on whether you share it with us or not and until our next chaotic episode. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye.